Right? So if you want to shift your programming, all you have to do is look at what's happening in your life, relate it to your inner speech, to your inner dialogue, and then change that inner dialogue. Welcome. You're listening to the Reprogram Your Mind podcast, and I'm your host, Todd L. Bowerly. You think between 60 and 70,000 thoughts a day, 98% of your life is controlled by habit. If you want to change your life, you have to start by changing how you think. think. When you change you, everything in life changes. If we can see it in our mind, we can hold it in our hand. Welcome back. This is episode 204 of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. My name is Todd Bowerly. I'm a coach. I work with clients all over the world helping them learn how to think differently because ultimately we become what we think about most of the time. It's the thoughts that our mind dwells upon over and over and becomes emotionally involved with that create all of the results in every single area of our life. And when I work with clients, I help them understand how they think and how they can think differently and then give them the tips, the tools, the strategies, the guidance, the support, the community and the program of study they need to make that permanent shift in how they think. And if I do, I will tell you, I've read this, or I've studied this, or I've dabbled in this, and I'm very resistant to share things with you that I haven't seen work firsthand for me, because I just don't want to come across like I've read some book, and I've just had this idea, and it sounds really good, and I just want to share knowledge, because knowledge doesn't help you. It is the application of the knowledge that actually helps you make changes. And until I've put something to the test, I'm, I'm not going to share it with you. There's a concept that I want to talk about today about the dialogue that happens in our mind over and over and over again. This inner speech, this inner conversation. It's the thoughts and feelings you have about yourself, the thoughts and feelings that you have about other people, conditions and circumstances, and the way your mind attaches itself to that and can get stuck with those ideas that is the cause of the results. I think the best way to start into this is realizing that your mind is responsible for every result of your life, no matter what it is. If it is in your health, in your happiness, in the amount of money that you earn, in your relationship, your friends, your occupation, what you do for enjoyment, your mind is in every area of your life. It is responsible for those results. But also the converse is true. Your life is in every corner of your mind. It is all of the events and circumstances around you, the people that are that you surround yourself with or that you grew up around, their words, their actions towards you, all of those events of your life have made an impact in your mind. They have helped shape you to be the person that you are. It's this interesting interplay between the events influence your mind and your mind influences the events and so on and so forth. And here's the thing. When you were little and growing up, your mind was not the creator of your life. You didn't have that capability. You weren't really thinking. You were being conditioned and you were being programmed by the thinking of other people around you. And I hear a lot of times people that want to criticize 
things like the law of attraction or the law of assumption or mindset or this ability that you have to reprogram your mind and change your life. They say, well, what about kids that have these things happen to them? Well, let's be honest. The environment is impacting those children, their minds and their environment and their behaviors. And most of the time it's their their parents, their caregivers, the, the school they go to, all of those things. They're conditioning us because we haven't really developed that conscious ability to think for ourselves, to decide for ourselves who we are, what we believe, and how we act. And if that thinking, as we grow up and we do develop this ability to control our thoughts, to choose what we want, to imagine, to focus on our desires and all those, as that develops, really most of the thinking, quote unquote, thinking happens from the subconscious level. The programming and conditioning is already there. The thinking, the behavior, the feelings, the reactions, they're already automatic. This is how we end up reliving the lives of our parents or those that were close to us when we were growing up and forming our mind to begin with. But you have to realize that this is nobody's fault. This is kind of how we work. It's how our mind works. It's nobody's fault to have the conditions and circumstances that they find themselves in. It's the hand that they were dealt. It's nobody's fault to have the paradigm or the limiting beliefs that they have. It's nobody's fault it's how we're conditioned. However, it is our responsibility to become aware of how our programming and conditioning runs our life so that we can change it. If it continues to create negative results and we do nothing, now that's our responsibility. And with every responsibility comes this opportunity, this opportunity to lean into who we really are and who we really want to be and to express that fully. That's what I think we're here for in this existence anyways. Most of the great spiritual teachers write in their books and teach in their seminars and other things this idea that the human life is mysterious. We're meant to come here, forget who we are, so that we can rediscover who we are and who we can be and decide to shape our lives to be what, the, what we want them to be. And key to this is realizing that life is in every corner of our mind and that our mind can control, shape, change, and alter every area of our life. If we take the hands that we're given and put them on the wheel of our mind, on, on our inner dialogue, on how we think, if we learn how to use it as a tool to control our thinking, then we can control the results in our life. We have far more impact on our reality than we think we do. It's really important to understand the mind. It's really important to understand all of the different tools that you have in your mind and how to use them. And it takes practice. Now, whatever you do for work or occupation, you went to school for it. You maybe learned a trade or you learned from somebody else that was doing it. We have this already established in our society that we learn from others doing what we want to do so that we can do it ourselves. The irony is that nobody ever taught us how to think. Nobody ever taught us how to, quote unquote, change our mind, shift our paradigm. No one ever taught you that you were programmed and conditioned. You've had to discover that. Now, psychologists, neuroscientists, they will agree and tell you that you are programmed and conditioned 
the neural pathways in your mind work within thought patterns. Those thought patterns are created and installed by the environment and circumstances around you. Yes, you have some natural tendencies as well, but you're conditioned to think in the way that you do. We have yet to really reach this stage of our social evolution where we realize that we need to start teaching people about this conditioning and how to change it. And so some of the answers have come from spirituality and authors and teachers and gurus that are teaching a way of being that's different than how science approaches things. This is the area where I want to lean into for probably a couple of episodes here. I'm going to read through and break apart some ideas from an essay. It's actually a chapter in a book from the author Neville Goddard. His book, The Power of Awareness, is one of the one of my favorite books. It was my mentor, Bob Proctor's, one of his favorite books. And in studying this book with insane amounts of repetition over this last year, it has made a deeper and deeper impact. And I'm going to put a link in the show notes for the same edition, because the edition that I use also includes a short book called Awakened Imagination. And there's a chapter in here called The Coin of Heaven. And I'm going to read through some of this and provide commentary and expand on these ideas. And this is absolutely going to take more than a single episode to get through. And as a bonus, I am also going to drop a recording of me reading this entire chapter. I set it to music. I'm going to drop that as a bonus episode for you to listen to. And I want you to listen to it with repetition. In fact, I think I am taking this challenge for... I'm actually right now in this moment, I am giving myself the challenge to read through this as a 30-day reading challenge out loud. I did this earlier this year. Actually, I did it more than 30 days. I'm going to do it again because I know I need this in my life. Here's how this reading challenge works. I would encourage you to get a copy of the book and read it out loud. If you're not able to, you're welcome to use this bonus episode of my podcast that I will drop later on that you can listen to over and over again. However, your own voice has greater power for you. It resonates deeply. If you're talking and you put your hand over your chest, you can feel the vibrations of your voice in your body. Your body knows your voice. And your voice in your mind, it kind of sounds, if I can use that, the imagined sound of your voice in your mind is the same as the audible voice. When we speak words of power, of positivity, that strengthen our belief, it helps recondition our mind. Think about it. Our life is in our mind, meaning it comes in through our senses into our mind. We hear something, we see something, and we bring it into our mind. Now, if you read this out loud, you're using your eyes. You're also speaking. So now you have movement with your body. You're listening to your own words. You're engaging your senses in this experience. And the reason why we do it with repetition then for 30 days is it's the repetition of ideas over time that change how you think. And you can go back to season one and look at the Law of Repetition episode for more information on that, but it's the thoughts we think with repetition that we become. And here's what happens. Like, you might read something through the first time and go, wow, this is really amazing. And the first three, four, five times you read through it, you go, this is incredible. I'm getting so much out of this. And then 
some of the low hanging fruit, some of that, uh, those ideas that are really easy for you to understand or adopt fade a little bit. And you read through and take 10 and 15 and 18, it feels like just an exercise of repetition. And then something happens like maybe it's day 17 or 18. There's another little piece that you uncover and you go, oh my gosh, I've read this for 18 days and I never really heard that before. And then in day 21, you have another breakthrough and another growing awareness. And then on day 30, eventually, you will have this whole passage almost memorized. There will be a flow to it. It's not like you're consciously even reading it. Your eyes kind of drift over the page and over these words, and the energy of these words get more into your life. And now you start going out into your daily life disconnected from this reading challenge and you and you start to have these words come into your mind at times when you weren't prepared for them and you go, oh my gosh, now I know and understand exactly what he's talking about. This is incredible. So I want to give you this challenge here for 30 days to read the coin of heaven out loud. You can purchase the book on Amazon with a link in the show notes. I will also have an episode that you can download as a bonus and listen to it. Now, 30 days in a row means you do not miss a day. I don't care if you're on day 25 and you miss 26, you start over at day one. I want you to take this challenge and take it seriously. 30 days in a row of reading this, you will understand more than you do right now. And I'm going to release several episodes diving deeper into this so your awareness can grow. How does that sound? Are you game for the challenge? I really can't wait to hear from you, like put it in reviews and so forth, like, Find a way to reach out to me, send me a message on TikTok or, or make your own content and tag me in it. I want to know how this challenge is impacting you. But for now, let's just begin studying together The Coin of Heaven by Neville Goddard. Throughout this chapter, there are times when Neville will quote other authors in their works, and I will make sure to point those out. So this begins with two quotes. The first is, open quote, does a firm persuasion that a thing is so make it so? And the prophet replied, all poets believe that it does. And in ages of imagination, this firm persuasion removed mountains, but many are not capable of a firm persuasion of anything. And that's William Blake from Marriage of Heaven and Hell. What I think William Blake is talking to is about belief. If we are firmly persuaded in our mind and we accept that idea is true, then it becomes true for us. But really the catch is here at the very end, most people are not capable of a firm persuasion of anything, meaning that they don't have the control of their mind to convince them of something, to convince them of a new belief and create a new reality for themselves. He then quotes the Bible, Romans 14.5. Let every man be fully persuaded in his own mind. This is really encouraging us to live our life with convictions, convictions of our potential, convictions of our goals, convictions of who we want to be, to mold reality to be how it is. We must be fully persuaded in our mind. Now, I will tell you this, so many books, the Bible is one, Think and Grow Rich, when Everything is written in a masculine. I feel like with modern awareness, I need to always apologize or have a footnote. This was meaning for mankind. That's the traditional way of writing this. I recommend if you don't identify with that, please feel free to use your own words, substitute your own identity in there. Uh, this can sometimes make these words even more powerful to you. 
let me continue, or at least begin with Neville's actual words. Persuasion is an inner effort of intense attention. To listen attentively as though you heard is to evoke, to activate. By listening, you can hear what you want to hear and persuade those beyond the range of your outer ear. Speak it inwardly in your imagination only. Make your inner conversation match your fulfilled desire. What you desire to hear without, you must hear within. Embrace the without within and become one who hears only that which implies the fulfillment of his desire. And all the external happenings in the world will become a bridge leading to the objective realization of your desire. Okay, let me break this down. Persuasion to change, or let's say this, reprogram your mind is an inner effort requiring attention, requiring focus, requiring dedication and time. Remember, in the previous episode, there are no shortcuts to success. You have to do the work. You have to, there's no way to get around it. It requires intense focus and concentration. You will not reprogram your mind by doing this casually. Now, you need to get emotionally involved with this consistently, continually, and that's when it starts to click. Now, he's also saying that this dialogue, speak it inwardly in your imagination only, meaning you don't just have to say it out loud. It has to go in your mind and you have to recycle these thoughts over and over and over again in your head because you can say it once, but you need to say it in your mind probably a hundred times or more over and over. Now he says, make your inner conversation match your fulfilled desire. Our mind runs constantly, incessantly with thoughts and ideas. And if we're not receiving an impulse from the outside, from our senses, then it is just kind of narrating or talking constantly. That is our inner conversation. Well, we need to match that to our fulfilled desire. What happens when people go to set a goal, which is your desire, go to set a goal, their mind immediately talks them out of it and says, you can't do it, you're not able, you're not capable, it's not good enough, or you're not good enough, the timing is wrong, you don't have the money, you don't have the talent, the economy's bad, and that is your inner conversation. If your goal or dream was realized and fulfilled, how would that inner conversation work? I'm so happy, I am so grateful. I'm really blessed. I live a dream life. Actually, Bob and his son, Brian, would always say, I live a charmed life. This is what your conversation is. It's so easy. I'm so grateful for everything that I have. I, I, in fact, you don't even talk about money because you just have the money. You know, I'm taken care of. I can do whatever I need to do. He says, what you desire to hear without, you must first hear within, right? So you want reality to change? Well, you need to hear that in your mind over and over again. Otherwise, you'll never see it on the outside. This is very interesting in this paragraph where he says, become one who hears only that which implies the fulfillment of his desire. Meaning that stop looking at conditions and circumstances and seeing as it becoming more difficult for you to reach your goals. I'll tell you real quickly, you guys have heard for a while, I've been remodeling the house. It's amazing how easily that started. And then it's been 
such a challenge over the last several months since returning from our vacation. And I feel like I'm the one that's most negatively affected because it's my my office, my ability to work, my ability to have routines, it's all been disruptive. And so I have been looking at those conditions and I have been thinking like, this is gonna, this is hurting my goal or this is a challenge. I've been thinking about it as an obstacle and I've been stuck in that mindset. And I started doing something last week and it all shifted. I started saying, okay, this has to be helping me. There has to be an opportunity I have not yet recognized And this is going to key me into that opportunity. And all of a sudden I had these ideas start blossoming about some things to be doing in my business that I hadn't been doing and focusing all of my time and attention there. And now I see this as a gift. In fact, I'm really now just even this week, just even maybe over the last couple of days coming into this accepting and realizing that. I am so grateful all of these delays happened. There were several good reasons for it. Chief among them are these new ideas in business. Man, I should have, and I know better. I've read this over and over again, but it's still not sunk into my mind. I should have looked at this immediately and said, this is going to help me in the fulfillment of my goals and desires. And when you can, when you can hear that, when you can see that, when that is your inner dialogue about anything that happens to you from this moment on, this last end of the sentence will become true for you. All of the external happenings in the world will become a bridge leading to the objective realization of your desire, meaning you'll see these events and circumstances that'll happen and you go, oh, this is going to help me move forward. And then that circumstance becomes a way to help you move forward. And then you just can't wait to see what else life gives you so that you can continue to move forward to your desire because it's all going to happen. It's all working for you. Listen extremely closely to this next passage. Your inner speech is perpetually written all around you in happenings. Learn to relate these happenings to your inner speech and you will become self-taught. Meaning that whatever happens in your life, whatever events and conditions and circumstances, you're going to be thinking something either silently in your mind or out loud about it. You might think that your inner speech is second meaning the event happens and now you're talking about it in your mind or out loud. No, no, no. Chances are it's your inner speech that's caused or attracted that happening to you. If you want to learn how to reprogram your mind, this sentence is the most important one for you to understand. Learn to relate these happenings to your inner speech and you will become self-taught. I used to think, and it's this old paradigm has really come back into my life over the last few months in such a strong way, it scares me. I used to think when everything was going good that it really meant that the other shoe was going to drop. There was going to be some other disaster or frustration that I was unprepared for was going to happen. And I've seen that happen with this construction project. I've seen it happen more and more frequently, and I got stuck in this loop, and I didn't even realize I was thinking that way. And now I need to be able to change my inner conversation back to the way it was. There was another thing happened last week. We had cabinets put in and almost every single thing this guy touched, it became a problem. It needed to be changed again. I caught myself in that moment and go, you haven't changed that inner speech. This is good. This is going to happen for a reason. There's going to be a blessing here. I saw that happening and went, shit, my self-talk has it still not changed? I need to put more focused effort and attention in on it. 
Right? So if you want to shift your programming, all you have to do is look at what's happening in your life, relate it to your inner speech, to your inner dialogue, and then change that inner dialogue. He continues here. By inner speech is meant those mental conversations which you carry on with yourself. Listen closely. They may be inaudible when you are awake because of the noise and distractions of the outer world of becoming, but they are quite audible in deep meditation and dream. But whether they be audible or inaudible, you are the author and fashion your world in their likeness. This means there's so much racket in the outside world, especially, you know, in the United States in November during politics season. There's so much happening. There's always, especially, I mean, think about globally with COVID over the last few years. There's so, there's a cacophony of sound and voices and frustration out there. And there's so much happening. You may not be aware of how your inner speech is creating your life. That's what it means when it's saying inaudible because there's so much other busyness outside. But when you go to sleep, when you dream or if you try to sit still and meditate and your mind goes crazy or you can't fall asleep because your mind is spinning on something negative, well, you have just observed your inner speech. You have the power to change those thoughts. And those thoughts, whether you're aware of it or not, they create, manifest, attract your reality, period. Now he quotes the Bible again. There is a God in heaven and heaven is within you that revealeth secrets and maketh known to the king Nebuchadnezzar what shall be in the latter days. Thy dream and the visions of thy head upon thy bed are these. That's Daniel 2, 28. He's saying that you have this power within you, in your dream, in your visions, in your head. That shapes the world around you. It'll be known in the latter days, meaning in the future. The thoughts that you're thinking now will become your reality in the future. Continuing on here, he says, inner speech from the premises of fulfilled desire is the way to create an intelligible world for yourself. Observe your inner speech, for it is the cause of future action. Inner speech reveals the state of consciousness from which you view the world. Make your inner speech match your fulfilled desire, for your inner speech is manifested all around you in happenings. So there's this idea of repetition that now he's getting into. Now, this point of observing your inner speech for it as the cause of future action is so important. I think we see it all the time, you know, videos of people working out in the gym saying, I can do one more, I can do one more. And then they do one more and then they tell themselves, I can do one more. I can keep going, just keep going. Unfortunately, most of us are saying, I can't do this. I'm not capable of doing it. I don't know how to do it. I'm not skilled enough. I can't take the risk. And then we don't do it. Our inner speech is the cause of our future action. He goes back to the Bible here. He says, quote, If any man offend not in word, the same is a perfect man and able to bridle the whole body. Behold, we put bits in the horses' mouths that they may obey us, and we turn about their whole body. Behold, the ships, which though they be great, are driven by fierce winds, and yet they are turned about with a very small helm, whithersoever the governor listeth. Even so, the tongue is a little member and boasteth great things. Behold, how great a matter a little fire kindleth. That's James 3, 2 through 5. This tells you that even though the world is massive, and even though your body or your subconscious mind 
uh, is so powerful or that conditions and circumstances may be so powerful, you can be the guide through that world based on your inner speech, your, your tongue, your mind. It's such a small thing. In fact, the mind is movement. It's not actually a thing. It's kind of invisible. It's just this energy of movement, conscious mind, subconscious mind, body. It's unseen, and yet it controls what we do. And it can control our reality. Our mind is the most powerful force out there. If you think about it, it's invisible. And yet it creates things in physical reality. Back to this chapter. The whole manifested world goes to show us what use we have made of the word inner speech. An uncritical observation of our inner talking will reveal to us the ideas from which we view the world. Inner talking mirrors our imagination, and our imagination mirrors the state with which it is fused. So he says here, uncritical observation means stop judging yourself. Just logically look at how you talk. Don't be so hard on yourself. Remember, it's nobody's fault, but it's your responsibility and opportunity to change it. So observe your inner speech and realize that this dialogue that happened, it's kind of how our imagination works. Our, our imagination works in pictures. You might have this dialogue happening Anytime you're talking, that dialogue is expressed externally, but it also comes along with pictures and images. And he says here, our imagination mirrors the state with which it is fused. Let me continue. If the state with which we are fused is the cause of the phenomenon of our life, then we are relieved of the burden of wondering what to do. For we have no alternative but to identify ourselves with our aim. So let me stop here. The state with which we are fused is our state of being, our conditioning, our programming, the inner speech, our self-image. We're really fused with our identity and our reality as it is. We think they're one and the same. And the state with which we are fused shows up in our results. You want to find your goal, find this new idea, and become attached to that. When you're fused with your goal, it happens no matter what. We know the state fused. All we have to do is fuse with another state. Let me continue. And inasmuch as the state with which we are identified mirrors itself in our inner speech, then to change the state with which we are fused, we must first change our inner talking. It is our inner conversations which makes tomorrow's facts. This is a great place to start wrapping up this episode. How do you change the state with which you are fused? You must change your inner talking. Here's an exercise you can do to implement this. I want you to think about a situation you are experiencing in your life that you do not like and you do not like the results that it's getting you. And I want you to describe that situation in detail. And then when you're done with that, put down your pen, put down your paper, walk away from it. Don't look at it again for the rest of the day. And then wake up tomorrow and look at it with fresh eyes. And you will find what you have written down on that piece of paper is a graphic representation of your inner speech. And what you have to do is you have to look at it and say, this is the old story that I've been telling myself. What story do I want to be telling myself? I had this example with a client just the other day in a private one-on-one, -on -one, so I'll protect their information. 
they feel they need to change everything about themselves to get a new result. And I think I captured their words and typed it out. And it was something like, I need to change everything about myself. I asked them, I said, well, what do you think you need to replace this with? And the only thing they could say was that I am enough. And I said, yeah, okay, that, that's true. But let's just, let's look at the words. I need to change. I said, do you really need? Do you need to change? And they said, no, I choose to change. Ah, I choose. Okay. And do you really need to change everything about yourself? And they said, I need to accept everything about myself. I said, look at that. We just changed a couple of words. All of a sudden to, I choose to accept everything about me. All of a sudden, we've changed that inner speech from, I need to change everything about me, to, I choose to accept everything about me. That is what changing our inner speech practically looks like. When you read through that description, that old inner speech, you've got to find words that are negative and turn them to positive. Go through every single word that you wrote down. I don't care if it is five or 10 or 20 pages long. Change every single word in there and read that new story every day. That will get you fused with a different state of being. And once you are fused with a different state of being, your reality Tomorrow's facts have no choice but eventually to change. On the next episode of the podcast, I'm going to be reading and studying more from The Coin of Heaven by Neville Goddard and providing commentary to help you understand that. Also, look for a bonus episode of my narration of The Coin of Heaven so that you can study and use that to help reprogram your mind. Don't forget to subscribe so you don't miss the next episode of the Reprogram Your Mind podcast. And if you have the ability to leave a rating or review, I would appreciate it. In fact, I want to share just a couple of reviews that have come in recently. Back in September, a username Passion and Perseverance said, absolutely love the podcast and the topics it covers. Challenging our own mental programming and personal biases is, my opinion, the best way to grow both personally and professionally. Keep up the good work. It's much appreciated. Well, I appreciate your review. Thank you so much. I also want to thank Kelsey who wrote in her review. This is such an education and well thought out podcast. Every minute of every episode is filled with intentional wisdom that is contagious. I always leave after finishing a podcast episode, a higher, better version of myself. Kelsey, I sincerely appreciate the time you took. Thank you so much. And also this, if you're listening, I would appreciate you sharing this on an Instagram story or making a TikTok or posting on Facebook as well to help this message get out to everyone that absolutely needs to hear it. And we need to hear it now more than ever before. And until the next episode, remember, we become what we think about and so do you. <laughs> <laughs>